The mission of this journey is to help people that are considering a move to the real estate industry, have been doing this for a short period of time, or who simply want to know more about real estate and the behind the scenes, ins and outs of the highs and sometimes lows of this industry. Welcome to Real Estate Simplified. So let's talk about insurance. Yep. So, so I'm buying a house, why do I need insurance? Well, insurance insures that, <laughs> coincidentally <laughs> enough, insurance insures that if something goes wrong with your home, um, say there's a, a house fire, mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're away for the weekend and you have a gas leak because uh, now everybody wants gas appliances in case of a winter storm uh, and it, they, they don't like electric anymore. So you got to think about that. Uh, that's one of those boxes you had to check uh, when, when looking for the perfect home. Uh, say you got a gas leak that you didn't know about and your house blows up. If you have homeowner's insurance and it's not negligent, they'll, they'll do an they'll do a investigation and send an adjuster out and do all that fun stuff. They'll say, well, because you have a homeowner's insurance policy with us, um, we'll give you $500,000 cash for this home that was worth $500,000. Say you don't have homeowner's insurance and you have that same gas leak and your same home blows up, who's gonna pay for it? Right. You're gonna pay for it. Right. If you want a, if you want a new home. Right. Or a, a home in general. But so can you get a loan without its homeowner's insurance? No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yes, you can. Um, not if you're working with a licensed realtor and <laughs> yeah. you're doing... Guido might do yeah, that. The shady, <laughs> the shady way of answering case. that. It's like, yeah, you know, hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. Forget about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, let my people take care of this. <laughs> like, huh. That goes back to the sketchy home fires, huh? Like, what? How did that happen? You got right. this arson in the family. Uh, right. Don't go to your neighbor for this one either. Uh, but yes, you need homeowner's insurance, right? Because to own a home, you, legally you have to have homeowner's insurance. It's right. kind of like having car insurance, right. right? You need to have that liability, that coverage, um, because if you don't, it could negatively impact yourself or it could negatively impact others around you or in your neighborhood or that are visiting your home, um, anything like that. So yes, you do need it. Um, and typically homeowners insurance is going to be something that you need to apply for. Well, you have to, you have to get it before you can close. Um, but typically a lot of my clients will kind of start going through that process, uh, maybe two, three weeks before, before closing. Um, cause what that insurance provider is going to do very similar to the lender, or an underwriter is they're going to look at your debt to income ratio. They're going to look to see what your current policies are. Um, can they save you money in this new home? Is it a different um, zip code? Is it a, are you moving from California uh, where there's forest fires? And then you're moving to Texas where you're in uh, tornado alley. Mm -hmm. Those are things that need to be considered as far as premiums, um, the amount that you're going to be paying a month. Um, so all of that has to happen with a few weeks um, in advance of, of closing. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, that has to happen very similar to um, maybe your lender asking you a lot of the same questions that they asked you three or four weeks ago when you got pre-qualified. Um, a lot of times I'll have clients say, why are they asking me all these questions a week before closing? I've already provided them all that information. Legally, they have to. 
um, because maybe the underwriter is saying, hey, I need additional information about this property you used to live at, um, or I need additional information about this car you used to own and that you sold. Um, so there's, there's a lot of steps that go into the process of purchase, purchasing a home. It's not just the glamorous HGTV or Instagram. We bought a home, right? We bought our first dream home. Cheers. Yeah, right cheers, there. right? <laughs> like, let's go celebrate. Come to the backyard and check out our oasis. There's like a hundred other things that happen uh, in between. The, we're starting to look. And then we bought our dream home. Right. Um, so there's a lot of behind the scenes and there's a lot of questions that are asked. They have to be asked to make sure that this isn't a situation like 07 to 09 where everybody can afford a home. Now we're going to make sure you can afford a home. We're going to make sure you're still at that job. Right. We're going to make sure you haven't purchased a new car. Um, and we're going to make sure debt to income is still lining up um, because the last thing that a lender or a uh, insurance provider or myself your realtor want to happen is you get into the home and then six months down the road you actually can't afford it or you're starting to you know your savings account is starting to slowly slip away because well actually that two thousand dollar a month payment you couldn't afford you really should have been paying eighteen hundred dollars a month um, so yeah, that's, that's, yes, homeowner's insurance is required <laughs> and some of the additional questions and, right. um, maybe the second or third or fourth time asked questions are necessary, um, and required in order for that, um, clear to close, which is kind of that, all right, we're there, mm -hmm. right? Just as long as you don't buy that new car, we are there. Didn't get that bass boat. That's right. Yeah. You didn't get that bass boat. Right, right. You didn't buy the pontoon boat <laughs> that your that your kids have been begging you for. Right. right. Um, yeah, the clear to close is kind of the the golden ticket. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, all right, we're we can see the light at the end mm -hmm. of the tunnel. So the let talk me through the underwriting process. Yeah. So. Underwriting process still for me is a little bit of a gray area, um, but uh, a lot of times that's going to be kind of a separate, um, separate part of the process, separate step, um, and a whole separate department um, within the lender. So say for instance, it's, it's still a local lender, um, but they still have to send, like they will send you an email. If you're a, if you're a buyer, you're a consumer and you're going through this process or you, you're going through this process in the future, you will get an email that says your file has been sent to underwriting. They will let us know in 24 to 48 hours if you're clear to close or if they need additional information. And that pretty much never fails, um, especially if you're working with a good lender, they're gonna send you the notification and saying your file has been sent to underwriting. That's more of a objective um, kind of third party within the process that's really going to fine comb um, or, or go through it with a fine comb and saying, all right, you, you said that the income is $100,000, uh, but it looks like here the income is $98,000. Now we need two more pay stubs or now we need a off you know hey you said they're starting a new job in texas and they're gonna be making a hundred thousand um, dollars but the first two pay stubs that they've received from that new job show that really they're gonna get 98 
now we need additional information about that. Right. Um, yeah. So really, they're going to be like kind a of thousand that you're making from selling crochet. Yeah, yeah, your side business, right? right, right. What you're doing on Etsy, right? <laughs> right, like right. they need some sort of 1099 from, right. uh, or they need, oh, you get paid through Venmo. Okay, well then we're we're going to need to see the Venmo transactions. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, so uh, they really kind of just deep dive it uh, because I could say, yeah, I get a hundred thousand dollars. It's like, okay, cool, but fifty of it comes from here, thirty of it comes from here, and twenty of it from here. Mm-hmm. The underwriter's gonna figure that out. Um, they're really going to, because at the end of the day, they they want to just prove that either you can or you can't afford this loan. Right. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. And so you want to make sure that you have all your paperwork together. Yes. So that you can submit it to them if they need it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. So a lot of times if you're getting questions that you feel like you've already answered, more than likely that's because it's about a week before closing. And the underwriter has requested additional information about that that topic that you feel like you've already answered questions about. So what if something comes back like, oh, you know, we thought that your credit was good, but you had a late payment here. Mm-hmm. Or we thought that this was okay, but we need to see this additional. Can that torpedo the deal and make it go away? Absolutely. Or, or are there ways to overcome that? There are ways to overcome it. Um, so obviously you would have to provide that documentation. So just like you mentioned, you need to have that documentation on hand. If maybe there was a uh, delinquent payment or a delinquent account, you're like, no, I, I can assure you it's paid off. They need to see that immediately um, because a lot of times it, it might take not only days, but maybe weeks or months for that to kind of say, yeah, it's, it's officially off of your, oh, okay. off, off of your credit. Gotcha. Um, so it can absolutely torpedo a deal. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of like we've talked about before. It's like opening up the kimono or going ahead and saying, find everything I need to know. Um, because there might still be a late fee from Blockbuster <laughs> back in two, th- when, when, when did they all close? 2010? I don't know. 2012? You know, there might be a library late fee on there that's been in collections for seven years. From college. From college. You know, it's like, yeah. I haven't even been in College Station. Right, yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it it's good to know that stuff before it pops up a week before. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it can be resolved. But those are things that you really want to figure out. And if you do have things in collections or, you know, it's delinquent or it's gone to a, um, a collection service, try to take care of it before. Um, or at least say, hey, I'm on some sort of plan to take care of this and show payments towards taking care of it. Because um, if you don't, then underwriting could easily say, no, it's not going to happen. Deal's not going to happen. So let's talk about that for a second. How do I, I mean, because... Everybody and their brother is saying, oh, yeah, I do credit repair. Mm-hmm. How do you know? For $500, I can get you up to a 760 in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> huh. All right. That's interesting. Right. Pay me $15 and I'll make it go yeah. higher. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm just all kind of, how do you know the difference? That's a good question. I usually rely on other people that I trust. So a lot of times lenders will partner with or have credit repair specialists that they've sent past or current clients to 
um, that I can get their referral or I can get their information and then I can, I can send my client their way. Um, and what that allows is more of a, you know, a triangular communication. Yeah. I can say, okay, you sent them to Joe Bob credit repair specialist. Well, I have the, their information um, and they, they included me on the email to the client saying, hey, we can, you know, here's the three delinquent payments or here's the three delinquent accounts. Um, we can get your credit up in six months. So then I know too, hey, let's not waste your time. Let's not get your hopes up in looking at homes for the next five months. Let's have you just focus on getting your credit where it needs to be. Um, and then once we get to a month out, of where your credit should be repaired, then we start looking for homes again. Um, and then we start to figure out, okay, these are the style of homes you like, this is the area that you like. Um, and then once we get to that point, your credit's repaired, you go back through the pre-qualification process, you start it all over again. Gotcha. Rather than, like we've talked about before, you start looking for houses, you're on Zillow, you reach out to a realtor, oh yeah, I have a lender, or I'm gonna use my bank. And then you go look at 20 houses. They finally want to put in an offer. You're like, okay, where's your pre-qualification? You said you, you're going to use your bank. And then they actually get the credit, the credit ran, and it comes back as a 580. And now we got to do the six months, right. six months after right. when we should have been doing it. Right.